Welcome, everyone, to episode three of the Don't Call Me Political podcast. Hi. Hello. This is Paul. <laughs> and Jason. And today... There's a lot going on. There's some shit happening. Yeah, stuff's going down. It has been... So we skipped last week. Um, I think we're going to try to probably make it regularly every other week because we want to do research on this. We will be doing an episode next week because of the elections. Mm -hmm. That's the plan <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but, um, but going forward after that, I think we may do every other week um, just to give us time to do research because it's, it's a lot of work doing, <laughs> doing research and being informed, mm. especially when you hold a full-time job and uh, do another podcast on the side and, you know, life. It's incredibly taxing knowing as much as we do. <laughs> well that yeah, that was no i'm not gonna say it but you know what i'm thinking tongue in cheek tongue in cheek all right <laughs> you know what i'm thinking so what do you want to talk about first paul well so first we'll start with the news of the week mm -hmm. and it's just news flash I so it. we don't have a jingle but do 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 do, do news flash okay we're in a current argument about whether to intro music yeah intro music we'll talk, and... about, we'll talk about it later Intro music, transition music. Anyway, let us know your ideas in yeah. the comments or or here, here's a good place to do housekeeping. Get in contact with us at don't call me pretentious at gmail.com, facebook.com slash don't call me political mm -hmm. for this show. Uh, twitter.com slash at DCM pretentious. And uh, yeah, you can also check out our gaming stuff and our gaming podcast over at youtube.com, don't call me pretentious, and facebook.com slash don't call me pretentious. And also Get the podcast on podcast services. I think this works better as a podcast, but we put it on YouTube because people like it there. So, and, uh, but you can get it on iTunes, Google Play, Pocket Casts. And if you go to the Facebook page, there is a direct RSS feed that you can get. So, yeah, send, but send us advice, send us ideas, send us, send us, send us yes. questions, send us hate mail. Don't send us hate no, mail. No, we, we, we will read the hate mail out loud. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I have a job and I get those emails on my phone. I don't want to be doing that. It will ruin my day. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think about intro music, transition music, things like that. So first topic, starting with the news flash. up to 9.5 million net neutrality comments may have been fraudulent. Okay. Now let's just, before we start this, I would like to a refresher course on where we stand right now with, uh, uh, net neutrality it's so gone it is gone for it is completely gone now it's gone really it's gone have they got have, so the last when i was like on topic about it like or following it closer uh it seemed like the suggestion was is that if we got rid of it uh isps would start doing weird stuff have they done weird stuff yet have we been validated yet well it depends on what you mean by weird stuff i, I if you're looking for the day where isps start blocking access to you know actblue.com or something like that because all the major telecom companies are conservatives and owned by billionaires and they don't want democrats to win i think that's pretty far off and i, I don't i don't even know anything that that would happen because i don't know if that's necessarily in their best interest mm. i could see it happening so but it, it's a ways off but what what already has happened what was happening even before the fcc re repealed the net neutrality rules were anti-consumer things so for example i have a data cap with my internet and i've already run over it this week or this month so because of all the uploads and all that stuff it's because you're not grateful paul 
Those, yeah. The data miners out there working day and night mining data that you you use frivolously. Well, they they double charge <laughs> you. That's the stupid thing because because the thing it is stupid. well because the thing about it is for internet for internet service providers the thing that matters to them is bandwidth, mm-hmm. not data. Right, the data is not coming from them. It, it's the bandwidth that that's they have so much bandwidth they have to allocate to all their customers so i pay one tier i pay you know i pay higher prices for faster bandwidth but then they put on a data cap on top of that so i have to pay for using that bandwidth to use more data so they're double they're double hitting me Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. and it's like but the data doesn't affect anything if if you're if you're concerned about my usage i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna put limit my my bandwidth i'm gonna put my libertarian hat for a minute but paul Free market, better prices for everybody. Oh, the free market of that whole one internet service provider yeah. I have access to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. In by fact, the way. Me yeah. Too, by the way. In fact, it was it, hilarious. The whole argument that uh, Comcast was trying to merge with Time Warner, and the whole argument they were using with the, it was that they were monopolies. They said it won't reduce access because none of our our service areas don't overlap. Because like none nobody has access to more than one already. Yeah. So we're not reducing access. They already only have access to one. Amazon actually, or not Amazon, sorry. uh, AT&T actually came to my apartment saying that they were thinking about like providing service in the area. And I was like, yeah, I would love to screw over the people who have like, like um, overcharged me for like years. Yeah. I would, I'll jump at it, man. Yeah. But you know, I'd be happy to incite competition. But you know, these things don't matter to, to the Republicans in control right now. They just see dollar signs. All right, so the gist, for, the gist of okay, net so neutrality. The gist, the, oh, I got it. I, I can do it. I'm dumber than you. I can do this for dumb people. <laughs> None of our <laughs> listeners are dumb, but anywho, for your dumb friends, you can explain it this way. Uh, so net neutrality, the issue that people have is uh, we, uh, right now, I guess the, for a long, oh, sorry, for a long time, the internet has been kind of viewed as a public utility in the way that we, we don't allow isps to uh uh uh, censor or slow down certain websites and there were laws to prevent that and now those laws are gone not really okay okay (laughs) well that's 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 what that's what i understood about it i'm sorry it's partially correct you're partially correct so the thing was net neutrality was original was really put in place the idea of net neutrality was put in place, yes, to to essentially protect free markets of online, right? Not not of internet service providers, but of online vendors, websites, whatever, right? So it was to prevent uh, internet service providers from favoring content, yeah, that's what right, I mean, that's or what I mean. or blocking content. Okay, but that doesn't necessarily mean they treated it like a public utility, oh, okay, because there's lots of other things that go along with being a public utility, and much to my chagrin. They did not, in fact, treat it like a public utility because public utilities are also subject to certain regulations like price controls, uh, anti, you know, they have to prove that what they're charging customers is valid, that they're not gouging customers. Oh my God. None of those things were ever applied. I got a great idea. Even under net neutrality. I got, a gr- I got the best idea for a, for an internet regulation and it's the same one they have for TV, which is that the, the damn, uh, commercials 
shouldn't be louder than the than the thing you're watching. They're so loud. <laughs> if they if they could ban oh god, if they could ban autoplay videos. I don't think oh, cable's okay. allowed to do. I think it's against the law. That's why they they're all the same noise, but like you it's cable, so loud. Cable is generally cable is generally not subject to the same regulations as uh as over the air broadcast. But anyway, so net neutrality was you know, it was originally conceived of as a way to just make sure that you know, companies ISPs couldn't prioritize traffic or block certain traffic that they had to treat all traffic the same, but that doesn't necessarily mean the same thing as utility. And both the Bush administration and the Obama administration went to great lengths to specifically exempt ISPs from those kinds of regulations. Because the thing was, they generally didn't want content to be blocked, but at the same time, they didn't really care that ISPs were gouging customers Mm. (laughs) on costs. And Mm -hmm. so it was never really a good thing. Uh, It was never really, it went as far as as I wanted to. The Bush administration tried doing it under Title I in 2008. The Verizon sued. The courts said, like, hey, the FCC doesn't have the um, authority to implement these regulations as part of Title I. So, but if you did it as part of Title II, which would be a public utility, it's the same way phones are regulated, for example. Uh, if you did, if you regulate them as title two, then you could do these regulations. So then in the Obama administration, they came back and they used title two regulations in 2015, uh, but they exempted them from the utility parts of it, which were the price controls and the over the top requirements, things like that. So for example, the whole reason dial up originally, like people think that cable internet was new and it was like, it came after dial up. But cable internet was always around. Oh, re- uh, yeah, I didn't realize the that. reason internet survived. The reason internet thrived on dial-up originally was because phone lines were regulated as utility, mm-hmm. and therefore phone lines ha- are subject to what's called over-the-top regulations, which means that they are required by law to lease out their infrastructure to other companies for other services at fair market value. Mm. And part of that was internet service providers like AOL or whoever net zero that's why there was hundreds of dial-up internet providers that all went over your phone line yeah because the phone lines were regulated as utilities and so aol and whoever they just paid your phone company some nominal fee to use the phone infrastructure and they put their own services on top of it because that has never been applied to cable providers or satellite providers because they were specifically exempted that's why the cable company is the only ISP that can use the cable infrastructure. And that's why everybody has a monopoly on their ISP because otherwise what you, if you wanted competition in internet service providers right now, let's say you wanted four options for cable providers, you'd have to run four coax lines to everybody's house. Ah, that's useless. It's expensive and it's a waste. Nobody needs that. That's why we have those over the top regulations in for phone lines and they never subjected them to. Anyway, I'm glad we did the dumb version first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so we weren't even comprehensive. We weren't even subjecting them to the worst part of it. That's the thing. They're so greedy. It didn't even matter. They couldn't even take the little bit of regulation it was, which was like, hey, Verizon or Comcast, you own your own streaming service. You can't therefore throttle Netflix so that people use your streaming service instead of Netflix, mm-hmm. which they totally did. In 2014, it was a thing that happened. I remembered it. Season two of House of Cards came out that weekend. Comcast deliberately decided to throttle it so that the quality was awful. It wouldn't. It kept buffering. It wouldn't stream in HD. Huh? Because they were mad at Netflix, they wanted Netflix to pay them, and because they wanted to make their service look good. Even today, I have this data cap through through Comcast, 
Well, guess what's exempted from it? Comcast streaming service. Oh, guess wow. what's not exempted yeah, yeah, from yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Netflix. Gotcha. So it pushes me to use Comcast unfairly. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So anyway, FCC got rid of all those regulations that prevented stuff like that. All right. And what's in the news now? So what's in the news now is that so when they were uh, when they were considering this rule change, repealing those old rules from 2015, uh, that you know law requires anytime you're doing kind of rule change or regulation, you have to open it up for comment, public comment, right? And so the FCC website, you could go and leave a comment saying like, "Hey, I think you, I support this rule change, or I don't support this rule change," right? So the FCC came out when all this happened, said, "Hey, we've gotten a lot of." comments from people saying that we should repeal these rules even though most polls show that most people supported net neutrality rules the fcc who was trying to repeal them this republican fcc was saying like oh no we're getting comments that say that people actually want to repeal the net neutrality rules back then last year the new york attorney general said it found that two million of the net neutrality net neutrality comments filed in people's names without their knowledge uh some comments were submitted under the names of dead people uh this week they came out and said they found up to 9.5 million comments that appeared to have been filed using the names and addresses of real people who had no idea they were being cited in the comment so 9.5 out of uh 20 million okay so half so almost half were filed they were spam comments saying like hey we support repeal of net neutrality like half these comments were just made up it was it was russians is that what it is I don't know if it was no, Russians it was or if it was up. ISPs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Corporate, oh, corporate people. Wow. So, huh? But you, are they going? You think they'll find out who where the comments came from? I don't know. The New York, New York Attorney General is, is investigating it, so okay. we'll see. But anyway, so yeah, so the FCC kept pointing like, oh, there's mixed mixed data. Some people like it, some people don't. So we're going to go through with repealing these rules. And now it's like, so, yeah, so most of the ones who didn't like it. Let's we're ta- fake. <laughs> let's talk about well, half. Let's talk about the other 10 million then. Why, why would, I, I can't imagine a single person caring, like, I, the only person, like normal person, like, like just like private citizen mm-hmm. that would care about this surely would be the people who want net neutrality. Yeah, the 20 million wasn't 20 million people that supported repealing. Oh. It was 20 million total comments oh, okay. either way. Okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah. And half of them were fake, and then the other half were overwhelmingly, Okay, that, that I support. That, that adds up, okay. I I'm support there. net neutrality. Please don't repeal these rules. I'm there. Yeah. So They probably had like a bot. Every time you put a good comment, they would put a bad one. <laughs> probably. <laughs> so, yeah, so anyway, so up to 9.5 million comments were fraudulent. And basically, Ajit Pai, the commissioner of FCC, was just like, eh, I don't care. Rules are already gone. Mm-hmm. And in fact, so California implemented, they just passed a law implementing their own net neutrality rules in, the, in their state. And the FCC is suing them because when the FCC repealed the rules, they actually did a rule change. And they said not only are all those old regulations repealed, no state can pass net neutrality regulations because mm. state state rights yeah we care about that hmm. we care about local control yeah not really yeah, we just care about making rich people rich i'm picking it up <laughs> so they so they've sued california that also happened last mm. week i think mm. okay uh so republican well, tax hold on. Cut. is there no bright side to this is there no, not well, right the now. attorney general is, the new, is investigating. Yes. The New York attorney, attorney general is investigating. We'll see what comes out of yeah, that. Yeah, that's the good news. But we don't know yet. We see that they're fake. They haven't determined who. We'll see what comes I'm out of I'm trying to train him to be more optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> if there's anything we've learned this week that it's... Ugh. Big old sour. I, I, I'm, I'm right. That's what we're learning oh. this week. <laughs> we'll talk about that. That's going to be the big topic. Spoiler alert. 
uh, or one of the big topics. They're only actually. right so far. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. What's next? Uh, so Republicans passed a big tax cut last year. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. They said they promised. They t- they promised up and down that it would pay for itself. Yeah. That see, we're going to create so many more jobs, and it's going to raise wages. That will grow the tax base. And then these tax cuts, we won't add to the deficit. These tax cuts will pay for themselves. Never mind that they pass it through a legal technicality that they specifically sunsetted the tax cuts after 10 years because every score of it said it was going to add to the deficit. And the way they pass it through the technicality that you can't do that. And they pass it through budget reconciliation. Budget reconciliation has a specific stipulation. In order to the, for it to be passed with only 51 votes instead of 60, it can't increase the deficit in the long term, which is over 10 years. So all the scores from the CBO and the GAO came out and said, hey, it's going to increase the deficit in 10 years. And they were like, no, it's not. But also, yeah, it keeps saying that it is. So we're going to have to make these tax cuts expire after 10 years. So anyway, the point of this was, turns out a year later, it has added $800 billion to the deficit. Who would have thought? Now, okay, I'm just, I just want to, I want to bring this up because this is an issue I have sometimes. Okay. That number 800 billion. Yep. That doesn't mean anything to me. Well, okay. So that's the funny thing. If you told me that was a small number in, in, you know, then, then I would believe you. Yeah. Right. It's a conceivable number, right? It's got nine zeros. It's got 10 zeros. So eight eight billion or 80 billion? 800. Oh, so it's got 11 zeros. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So is that a giant, that's a giant number as far as the American economy is concerned. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, Okay. Yes and no. Okay. So the the U.S. economy, the GDP per year right now is somewhere around nineteen trillion dollars. Okay. Okay. So eight hundred billion out of that is what one twentieth, let's say. Yeah. So five percent. Mm-hmm. So five percent debt to GDP is high, but it's not excessively high. Mm-hmm. So for reference in the, in the European union, they actually have a, a law that says that you can't run deficits in excess of 3% okay. debt to GDP per year. So we're higher, mm-hmm. we're higher than that. But like, you know, you figure when Greece was going through the middle of its meltdown, they were running, you know, 15 to 20% mm-hmm. <laughs> debt to GDP. Uh, and they were having to get loans to handle that. So I'm sure, so I, what you have to say, I, I'm certain is more organized than what I have to say, but okay. I, I actually have some thoughts on this. I'm glad you brought it up. Okay. I w- so, you know, I'm from Tennessee, Yep. right? So first off, you're from Kentucky, I'm yep. from Tennessee. I'm going to say our roads are way better than yours. Uh, okay. They're probably. Great. So our roads are great in Tennessee. Like, They're all better than Michigan. Well, the, the roads are super nice. Okay. Right. And like, that's, 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 um, that's coming from tax dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So. I was thinking about different states and like the ratio or the, the distribution of like, for example, Tennessee, I know for a fact they get more money from the federal government than they give to it. Yeah. Most Republican states do. Yeah. So like this, like, I don't like, you know, when I was a kid, my dad taught me. I remember when I got my first apartment, my dad was like, well, if you get an expensive apartment, then you're not going to be able to spend that money on other stuff. I was like, yeah, that makes sense, dad. I'm on board. Mm-hmm. But like. Like, so yeah, tax, like that's all that they want to talk about is, oh, but you make more money now than you did last year because of tax cuts. I'm like, yeah, but like I use a lot of public stuff. Yeah. Like I drive to work. Yeah. Right. I, I, I use so, the mail. Okay. So, so hold on. But okay. like, it's going to hurt Tennesseans. It has to, right? 
If well, there's less tax money, they're going to get less money from the federal government. Okay, so so far it hasn't because we're just running it on debt. That's the thing. Well, but when they reconcile it, what is what I mean? Okay, so that's that's what the story is actually going to be about. But okay. just to be clear, yeah, most states have balanced budget requirements. Mm-hmm. So states can't run much debt, generally speaking. So when they create their budget, they can't run a deficit on it. They have to bring in as much tax revenue as they decide to spend. Okay. The federal government has no such requirement. The federal government generally always runs with a deficit. Yeah, that was Hamilton's design, right? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, he, he, so. he, it, was his, it was his push to incur national debt. I'm a thousand percent on that. But go ahead. Yeah, well, anyway. Um, I'd have to go back in my history. I just don't remember a lot about it. Um, because we were a new country. We had no, we had no credit. Well, okay, like but that, that, was, that was a different thing. Well, I'm but, just saying it's probably yeah. why the laws are still that way or something. Yeah. I mean, people who say we shouldn't run any debt obviously haven't written in the history of Andrew Jackson, so you should look into the history of Andrew Jackson and the uh, economic collapse of 1820. But nonetheless... <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, because he was the last one that totally eliminated the debt. Oh, okay. And the economy was devastated. Well, he pillaged a lot of things. Yeah, he also sent a lot of Native Americans across the country for no good reason. But anyway, it's a good thing he's on the $20 bill. So anyway. It was good reasons. It was real estate reasons. Old, rich, white guy reasons. Yeah. So so anyway, so but your point is taken, mm-hmm. which is that theoretically, if the federal government were to have a balanced budget requirement, which, by the way, doesn't get enough talked about enough, like 31 states... <laughs> have approved a, a, a constitutional ballot call or a constitutional convention call for a balanced budget amendment. And they only need like 33. Am I crazy for thinking? I'm sorry. I'm, I just, I know I, I hear you and I know you're right that uh, there's no, I guess I'm learning that there's no requirement for a balanced budget right. for, for the federal government. But right. I was, I was under the impression that that was Paul Ryan's whole thing. And that's what got him into power it is. was that we're going to balance the budget. We're going to right. the debt. Like, so that's, but he's full of shit. Well, clearly and Republicans are always full of shit. So, so here's the thing. The last person I'm willing to find a generous the solution to this. I just don't know what it is. Well, here's the thing. Well, don't vote Republican. That's the thing. No, I mean, because I Republicans are acting in bad faith. They don't actually care about the deficits. In fact, I can prove to you that factually speaking and, and I, in a second, I'm going to look up the data and I'll, I'll find the chart. Republicans since Reagan have added to the deficit more than, than Democrats have. Every Republican, Reagan, Bush one, Bush two, and now Trump mm. have increased the deficit during oh, well, their time in office. That's, that's not fair. And both Democrats, Clinton and Obama, have reduced the deficit. That's different. There's a, that, that, that's Bush, How is that different? That's not fair. I'm sorry, not me different. That's not fair because they didn't start wars. Well, okay, but that's still that costs money. A war costs I, I, money. I was just being coy. Carry on. No, and not to I, mention, I, I, Obama I, didn't really stop the wars. I, I hear you. No, you're you're a thousand, so, you're a thousand percent right. No. So no, because Republicans do this all the time, and it's in bad faith. They don't actually care about the deficit, and they prove it every time they get in office. What they actually care about is they care about bludgeoning Democrats for spending money on poor people. Mm. That's what they care about. Mm. So in fact, Republicans love deficits because you know what deficits do. do? They deficits keep, allow them to talk about cutting aid programs yeah, to poor people so that they can't eat their lobster dinners anymore yeah it, well not just that exactly what they're doing right now so mitch mcconnell just came out and said this is what the story is actually about mitch mcconnell said in the face of an 800 billion dollar deficit he talked to uh he was talking to bloomberg news and he says that they're going to target they need to target social security and medicare cuts to address the debt the debt so he says uh, so this is from an interview with Blo- with Bloomberg in the written part of it. He says, 
Uh, this is from Bloomberg article. It says, quote, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell blamed rising federal deficits and debt on a bipartisan unwillingness to contain spending on Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security, and says he sees little chance of a major deficit reduction deal while Republicans control Congress and the White House. McConnell said, quote, it's disappointing, but it's not a Republican problem. It's a bipartisan problem. Unwillingness to address the real drivers of the debt by doing anything to adjust those programs to the demographics of America in the future, end quote. So this is what they do. They cut taxes. They create a deficit. They create a debt. And then that hurts the economy. They, it doesn't pay for itself, never has paid for itself. So they immediately start targeting, you know, food stamps, welfare, unemployment, Medicare, Medicaid, social security to cut. And they're doing it right now. Mm -hmm. And they keep getting away with it. People still keep talking about how Democrats want to spend, spend, spend. How are we going to pay for it? Let me ask you something. If you're one of these people that says every time a Democrat says we want to spend $70 billion, let's say Bernie Sanders plan, Mm -hmm. he wants to, he wants to support nationwide publicly funded sex work <laughs> no. college education <laughs> not sex work not yes college education sorry anyway so he wants to support you know publicly funded college education across the country for all four-year public institutions mm-hmm. right yeah yeah the the price tag on that would be approximately 75 billion dollars per year yes Republicans just increased the deficit by $800 billion this year I, I, I see, through a tax cut. I, I see the hypocrisy here. Let me make a point. I would like to say one thing about the, okay. the, 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 the all I hear about from Republicans is is this personal responsibility stuff. Yep. Right. And so, like, I mean, a situation where anyone can can go to school and make the grades they need, like work hard enough to like, yeah. improve their lives and yeah. their economic status like yeah. that. That's how, that's that is, how, that is yes. personal responsibility. Yes. Like, like I had advantage, like I had so many advantages yeah. that allowed me to go to a really good school. I'm not that smart. Well, and, I, and not just, you know, the, the ridiculousness of it is, and I don't want to get into a, an education debate here, no, but sure, the ridiculousness sure. of it is like, nobody ever told me I wasn't being responsible because I went to a public high school. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, right, right. We're just moving the goal. Public school hasn't existed since the dawn of the United States. Right. It really only came into existence in the late 19th century. Mm-hmm. Right now, we all accept it as fact. I hope in a hundred years, people will be looking back at college education the same way we look at just public at you know K twelve right now. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's just public. Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't it be? Right? People, it, it's conservatism in its most literal sense. Little c conservatism, which is just favoring what exists because it's what exists. Right. It's not actually on the merit. You know, the merit of it is, hey, most good jobs, good paying jobs, require an advanced degree now. It just makes sense that we expand public education to also encompass advanced degrees. Yeah. If you can qualify. All right. Let's not get bogged down. So anyway. 800 billion. So $800 billion deficit. And and so so my point is, my point is people are always like, how are we going to pay for it? They just want to bankrupt the country. And I'm like, okay, there are two ways to go. There's two parts to a budget. Mm -hmm. There is spending. Mm -hmm. There is also intake. Mm -hmm. So yes, let's imagine you're a person out there and you're saying, Hey, I want to buy this new car and it's going to cost me $75 a month. Mm. How will I pay for it? That might be a thing that you would say. And that would be a very responsible thing for thing for you to say. If you also decided that you were going to take a job that paid you $800 a month less and didn't change any of your expenses and thought that that was totally fiscally responsible, you might want to reevaluate your fiscal responsibility. Mm-hmm. So anybody who's talking about the budget and everything like that, you should be looking at Republicans because objectively, 
Republicans have increased the deficit. The last time we ran a surplus was 2000 under Bill Clinton. Mm -hmm. Okay. When Obama came into office, his deficit, his first year was over $1 trillion. In his final year, it was less than $400 billion. Mm. And now it's over $1 trillion again in Trump's second year. Uh, you mean the guy who, you mean the guy who's running the government who likes, yes. who likes to adorn his entire like apartment yes. with gold with his well and his whole party is in control yes mm, mm, mm. and the same guy who said that he was going to protect social security medicare and medicaid mm. now mitch mcconnell saying they need to cut it mm. to pay for their tax mm. cuts 83 percent of which went to the richest one percent of americans okay well at least he's not wasting money going on vacation to florida <laughs> i mean it could be worse he could be golfing a lot like obama did. yeah yeah so anyway uh so here's some some new news it would be weird if there was like a publicly funded like educate uh vacation like deal anywho carry on i mean i actually here's the thing this is how they always get us with the good the, with the bad face stuff like they didn't care that obama was going in golf like they just cared they that did. he was a black guy they did care a little no they don't oh, because oh, they sorry. don't they, they didn't care about the golf i'm sorry oh good point yes right so they brought it up as and, well. and likewise this is how it's an unlevel playing field because i won't harp on trump going to play golf because i don't care that he's going to play golf just like i didn't care that obama was playing golf i care that he's a shitty president <laughs> i care that his policies are bad and he's uninformed and he's he likes being uninformed mm -hmm. if he was golfing every day of the week but he was passing good policies and could answer your questions and new policy questions i'd be like play as much golf as you want dude you're getting the job done i don't care you know what I'd pay a lot of money to watch? Obama and Trump, like on a in, in a like doing eighteen holes. Uh, but, oh man! I don't know what their scores are, but I feel like Obama uh, would destroy maybe, maybe him. We like him more. Who knows? I feel like Obama would destroy maybe, him. Maybe, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I, he does I don't own care golf courses. Golf. Trump. He's big into golf. I don't care about. I don't care about. <laughs> I just don't care about it. I, know, I don't care I about know, golf I know, at all. Me either. Okay, so here's some new news. Uh, Trump announced this week that he is going to pull the United States out of the 1987 nuclear, uh, nuclear arms deal mm -hmm. with, you know, well, with Russia, it was Soviet Union at the time, yeah. of course, Russia now. So it, it was the, uh, intermediate range nuclear forces treaty. It banned the U S and Soviet Union from having ground based, uh, or ground launched ballistic and cruise missiles with ranges of between 500 and 5,500 kilometers and required the destruction of the missiles, launchers and associated support structures and support equipment. The two countries eliminate. So I'm reading off of NPR right now. The two countries eliminated 2,692 missiles after the treaties entry into force in 1988. Um, yeah. So that's gone now. So, so maybe simplify that. I mean, narrow that down for what, what is it that we got rid of? Uh, well, we huh. got rid of a bunch of nuclear missiles. Okay. As part of this treaty. Right. And so now we're allowed to have more of them. Yes. Okay. We basically weren't allowed to have long range ballistic and cruise missiles, essentially mm. for, for or, under or the treaty. Of them. Yeah. Well, no, we, we really weren't allowed to have any. <laughs> oh, so, so you could only have like really long range ICBMs, which we still have some of those. Um, and, and we were allowed to have nuclear warheads on, um, like submarines, right? right. So they can fire short range. So I, I have an interesting question about this, so, yep. but first let's just, let's just ask real quick. Um, what, is there any, um, even nonsense, like, but is, is there some argument that they're, that they're making? So the uh, argument they're making is yeah. that Russia is violating the deal already. So why should we and do it? To be, yeah. So why okay. should we do it? Yeah. And to... <laughs> To be completely fair, that's not exactly incorrect. 
there is some evidence that Russia has been storing some of these missiles already. Right. Um, you know, I would, I tend to look at it like the way, the way I tend to look at it is okay. So like fix that problem. Don't just like walk away from the solution. It, it's, it, this is like gun control on a foreign policy side, mm. right? The, the, this is, you know, the gun control argument is like, well, bad guys have guns. So good guys have to have guns too. Right. It's like, or let's just make it harder for everyone to get guns. Mm -hmm. And then we have all kinds of evidence that proves that that reduces gun violence. You know, you want a scary thought. So the thing is, it's like, hey, you're saying, well, Russia has nukes, so we should have nukes, too. It's like, or let's just try better ways to enforce these treaties instead of just getting rid of them, because now we're just going to have nukes. And it's going to be literally back to the Cold War where there was a big threat of nuclear war because we all had nukes. Yeah. We still have a few, <laughs> but well, yeah, we still have over twenty thousand. So here's so, uh, you brought up gun control. Or, I mean, sorry, over four thousand. You brought up gun control uh, in relation to this, uh, yeah. and I have a scary thought for you. Okay. Uh, just imagine like the horror of like an actual nuke going off, right, in either America or Russia or China or somewhere, right? Okay. Uh, and just imagine, I'm just imagining. I know what's going to happen immediately after that right martial law no like no. let's imagine it doesn't happen here i right? mean that would happen right now well, let's say something bad happens here even like yep. with with a nuke imagine the like fox news like they're saying we it's too soon to politicize this oh god uh, you know that's what happened next. oh it'll, my it'll be god. the same nonsense thoughts and prayers right you shouldn't thoughts you should, and prayers. politicians really shouldn't politicize this yeah. that's really not that's not what they're that's not what we hired them to do thoughts and prayers yeah well the thoughts and prayers we we save our politicization for migrant caravans yeah Huh. Spoiler alert for a topic that's going to come up later. I was watching an interview and someone someone asked them when is a when is the it was about gun control and they asked them when when was when's the right time to uh, when's the when is it the wrong time to politicize an issue and he's like I guess during Thanksgiving dinner <laughs> <laughs> which I fair yeah maybe wait till after yeah that's, but that's like the only time I can politicize anything yeah. this is the only time I see my family yeah <laughs> and it's going to be bad oh so but sorry so my so about the um the treaty yeah um you're not gonna like this okay but I'm gonna do the whole thing and you're gonna see what's coming before it happens so just okay. so uh john adams presidency right and you're okay yeah. yeah so so the uh the uh french revolution was kicked off at that point now remember the french helped us with uh um in the naval field during the american revolution right they prevented the retreat of cornwallis right okay yeah and that's how we, we wouldn't have won this yeah we wouldn't be a country without them right so yes. then the the um the the french uh, had a revolution right and they came to us and they i mean they i mean they the appeal to us say hey we helped you get your freedom from a monarchy can you I, I, we want you to help us right they sent a delegation um benjamin franklin was attached to him uh, and John Adams didn't want to get into war with Britain because that would have led to, he was worried that would lead, because we, he was worried that Britain would attack uh, France uh, uh, to try and quell, because they were very pro-monarchy. They didn't want this to spread, right? They were, it was the opposite of spreading democracy. They were trying to stop it. So it's easier to stop it than spread it. So we said no to the French. We weren't willing to help them. And the reason we gave, because so they, we had signed an alliance with them. We actually had a treaty with them. And they, and they said, well, what about the treaty? And we said, well, we made that treaty with the French government that you overthrew. So that treaty doesn't work no more. And since we made that treaty with the Soviet Union, 
I would be in good. I mean, it would be uh, consistent at least. I mean, there's gra- there's grounds for it. Like there's or what's the word precedent? There's precedent for like, saying we're, we we ignore it because yeah, it's a new for how we. But it's not that's not an uncommon thing. Like that happens. Like right? you, you're not that yeah. government, right? We made it with that government. No, no. Food well, for thought. I, okay. I would have been more. I would have been more impressed but, with Trump if he had done that. But, than but just saying, well, they did it. <laughs> but but to that end, I mean, we have other treaties with Russia. Like, in fact, you know, there was one in 2010 called the New Start Treaty, that uh, that it limits us to have 1,550 nuclear warheads on deployed ICBMs uh, for each country, and basically, this is putting this at risk now because mm-hmm. it's like, well. You know, we, we, you tore up that old one we had, so why should we follow this new one, right? The interesting thing about this is, do you remember when it was uh, Hillary Clinton that was going to start World War Three with Russia? <laughs> oh, do you know where that came from? Trump? <laughs> no, that's actually, that. Ac- I, I do remember, I never, it's funny, I never heard anyone say it or saw an ad or, or heard that, but I, I read an article uh, about people thinking that, and it was from a, uh, a journalist uh, an American journalist that works in Russia, right? And she's like, "Yeah, I heard this from the Russian news like years before I heard it on the American news." So, oh, so yeah. which suggests that that was coming from, uh, yeah, you know, the 2016. Well, what I hate, what I hate is the liberals that. that so that, that's that a right. Russian propaganda. That's I, yeah, no. up Russian propaganda, and, and it's one that directly appealed to liberals, and and I hate that. And you see liberals well, repeat it, it all the time. Appealed to liberal that that she was going to start World War Three. Yeah. The and, and I don't mean okay, so you would get into the we would have to get into all the big the cleavage that's <laughs> happening, <laughs> different kind of but the bosom, no, no, the cleavage that's happened on the left since the 20 since 2016. Mm-hmm. So, so the the people that were, um, you know, Bernie or bust people or Jill Stein voters or you know, th- that kind of voter that really didn't like Hillary Clinton. Because she wasn't left enough for mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Uh, one of the arguments they used was that she was a war, which she was more militaristic than I would like. But one of the arguments they used is like, oh, you know, I can't vote for Hillary Clinton, even though she's running against Donald Trump. I can't vote for Hillary Clinton because she'll start World War Three with Russia. Mm. And Donald Trump is less. He's less of an issue. Did she not? No, that that not, that was liberals making that argument that Donald Trump wouldn't be as bad because he wouldn't start World that, War III with Russia. That's stupid. Well, he might not with Russia, but uh, well, but I mean, now look what's happening with Russia. Oh yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying. And, and, and ironically, now those same people are now twisting it around and saying, before they were saying, uh, yeah, you know, Trump is going to suck, but he's not going to be as dangerous as Hillary Clinton because she would start World War III with Russia. Now those same people are turning around saying, like, oh, we'll see, this proves that the Russia, you know, Trump Russia, Russia Gate thing isn't real because look how he's menacing he's been with Russia. Mm. I'm like, wait, so, but I thought you were, didn't like Hillary Clinton because uh, she was going to start with war with Russia. Uh, and now you're defending Trump against the uh, Russia stuff because I'm he's afraid I disagree. getting into conflict with Russia. I'm confused. <laughs> so, so I'm, I, I would say I just I think it's a it seems a bit more straightforward to me than that. Like so, so Trump, because uh, he's up to Russia, he's real weird at that that Helsinki yep. summit. Yep. He's been consistent about distancing himself from the EU and NATO, yep. which the the NATO's charter. Like I mean, sorry, not charter, but like it's it's a uh, common vernacular when it was, especially when it was founded, that like the job of uh, of NATO is to uh, as to um, uh, deter russia and and uh uh keep germany down well yeah yeah. yes and so so i mean 
people forget that's what it's for. Anywho. Yeah. So well, it's because it's really not what it's for anymore. It's it's a deterrent to Russia. I mean, Russia is still one of the only few countries that has veto power. It works power. the opposite way for Germany. <laughs> Russia is still one of the few countries that has veto power. It gives Russia a lot of control. The UN does. The NATO? Gives, has, oh, oh I, was thinking you, I was thinking no, 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 UN. No, NATO and EU. Oh, yeah. No, NATO, no, yes. Yeah, that was, that, was like, that was what it yes, was for. So yeah. keep Germany chill. I thought you said UN. And I was like, uh, no, 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 okay. NATO, yeah. No, NATO is absolutely yeah. about Soviet Union. Keep Germany down and keep Russia away. And yeah. it worked well, the opposite, of course, for, worked but, the opposite but, for Germany. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not to keep Germany down anymore. Yeah, no, no. But, sure, of course. No. But yeah, the we Russia thing We felt weird about it after the first two world wars. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. We love Germany. Big fan. Yeah. Vote against the AFD. Yeah. What, was there an, a point you were going to? Oh, just that people forget that that's what NATO's about. I feel like that's what most oh, no, people I'm do. Oh no, I'm sorry. Know no, sorry. No, no, we got we got off topic. I'm sorry. My bad. Yeah. So no. So uh, so yeah. He cozies up to Russia and he distances himself from EU and NATO. I was just making the point that he like he's clearly choosing a side. Yeah. And so when he says, "Oh, no more weird or no more uh, nuke treaty on this," like, right. he's really just saying we're not going to nuke each other because we're allies well i don't even see it as that i see it as like yeah there's a substantial amount of evidence that that putin wanted out of that deal right yeah putin wanted out of, of that course. that out of these nuclear agreements mm-hmm. so trump has given him exactly what he wanted mm-hmm. <laughs> you know but people are reading what i'm mainly critiquing is the the weird arguments by liberals by by these leftists that are like they were arguing that Hillary Clinton was going to bring World War III with, with, you know, with Russia, and that's why they couldn't vote for And now Trump, they're saying, like, they're defending him against attacks of that he's got a Russia conspiracy by saying, look, he's right. escalating things with Russia. And I'm like, wait, but you're really concerned about starting World War III with Russia now. So maybe stop trying to defend him on the Russiagate thing and just focus on the yeah, whole, yeah, like, yeah, he's, yeah, he's I, literally I, allowing our soldiers to engage in armed combat with Russian soldiers in Syria. I, I was just, I was only, Something that hasn't gotten nearly enough I, I, attention. I hear you, but there's, I was only disagreeing because there's a slightly more apt analogy, right? So we say, so there's, so people are saying that Hillary Clinton, right, was going to start World War III with Russia. Well, now, I mean, my position is, is that, that Trump is making it more likely we have World War III with y- y- Europe. Oh, right. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is a problem for Europe. It's a huge problem for Europe if, if Russia has more nukes. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. That's what Germany Russia doesn't want. I, mean, I don't really see much threat to that. Russia, I, I just see them ignoring us. Honestly, Russia doesn't want a vacation. Russia us. doesn't want Virginia. It wants Germany. It wants I mean, Ukraine. I mean, the bigger thing is, well, it does. It does. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it hurts. I don't know that we would ever get in at war with with the EU or the rest of. No, NATO. I know. I know. I know. I but just, it certainly isolates us from them economically mm-hmm. and socially and mm-hmm. that, i don't think that's really i don't think it's really what we want to what we want to be doing but anyway okay next story well, i don't know because we're spending a lot of time on this he's a oh, he's a fascist i mean fascists have a history of of doing well conquering europe so <laughs> yeah anyway Oof. next topic that was dark okay next topic uh the trump administration proposing a new rule uh, proposing a new interpretation for Title IX prote- protections to attack transgender people. Where's your shocked face? Newly proposed. Um, so, uh, Title IX. My only interaction with Title IX, just to be clear, is is from sports, right? And, and it's like the same, thing. The same yeah. amount of boys sports as girls sports in, in schools and public stuff. Yes, so, but but Title IX is related to um, 
uh, Title IX is is related to the civil rights uh, enforcement for the government, and oh. so part of that oh, is, is, is is it is it a part of the Civil Rights Act? Is that what it is? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's part of some regulation. But okay, I, I might enough. be I might be wrong. But in general, Title IX specifically points is about what? Oh yeah, so Title IX, the federal civil rights law, okay, <laughs> that bans gender discrimination in education programs that receive government financial assistance. So that's where the the school thing okay comes from. Gotcha. Uh, but part of that is it, it also applies to um, government agencies that use it as guidance for their own things because mm. if they're you know it's one of the closest things we have. We have civil rights protections. We have the Civil Rights Act, things like that, to protect you know um you know discrimination in like a business or something like that uh or a workplace but title nine is one of the things that that does it under government funded programs mainly education but other government programs use as guidance for how to implement their own civil rights Mm -hmm. protections essentially Mm -hmm. right so uh so anyway so what the trump administration is doing is the the Department of Health and Human Health and Human Services. Uh, they're trying to basically they're trying to change the definition of sex under Title IX. So so it's interesting. So Title IX says that you can't discriminate based on sex, right? Yeah. And traditionally speaking, that was understood to be male and female. Yeah. And, and you know, obviously, it was the original intent fifty years ago was to say that you can't discriminate against women, right? Those yeah, were sure, people sure. primarily yeah. experiencing discrimination, right? Uh, but of course, you can't you know, give that kind of favoritism to one thing. But under the Obama administration, what they did was they, they gave guidance that said, hey, when it says sex, we're also interpreting that to mean gender and gender identity and sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. Because the thought process behind it was, and, and several courts have upheld this, was the whole point behind protecting people from discrimination based on sex was to protect people based protect people from discrimination based on stereotypes about sex right mm-hmm. so you know a woman is supposed to be a certain way a man is supposed to be a certain way and that was the whole thing of well women shouldn't work here because women aren't supposed to do this right right and part of that is women are supposed to be attracted to men men are supposed to be attracted to women women are supposed to be feminine men are supposed to be masculine right Mm -hmm. and so because of that they basically gave guidelines that say hey under our interpretation sex means not just biological but because the root of it was to get at the stereotypes and the the expectations of sexual of what the two biological sexes are supposed to manifest Mm -hmm. in real life yeah that also applies to sexual orientation and gender identity and things like that. Sure, no problem with it. Right. And and several courts upheld that. And um basically the Trump administration is trying to undo that. And so they gave out a memo uh that says that says key government agencies need to adopt an explicit and uniform definition of gender as determined, quote, on a biological basis that is clear, grounded in science, objective and administrable sex means a person's status as male or female based on immutable biological traits identical by or before birth the sex listed on a person's birth certificate as originally issued shall constitute definitive proof of a person's sex unless rebutted by reliable genetic evidence all right so there's a whole bunch of problems with this well before we get into problems with it okay let's talk about is there even an argument to be made for 
efficiency? Does this add some efficiency to the bureaucracy of our government? What what does this gain? No, us? no. Or does and it just gain him support with crazy people? It gains him support with crazy people. Uh, because in fact, this actually hurts. Because well, what's his, what's, what's his argument? I know it's going to hurt, but like, what, let's give them their their day in court here. What what is their argument for why this needs to happen? Did they, did they, I don't think they have a legitimate. I don't think they have a legitimate. He just let argument. everybody know that hey, I'm after you, transgenders. Well, I mean, they don't say that, but they just go like, "Hey, this is sex." It's anytime you try arguing. I feel you like do this. this. I feel like you this argue. Is you that. argue with conservatives on Facebook, right? Oh yeah. What is it like? Oh, I can't. I'm just going to identify as an attack helicopter. Yeah. It's because they they want to see the world as binary. They make this so they're just saying like, "Oh, there's only two sexes." That it, there's not any argument beyond that, right? I, I, you know, I, they always think they're so clever when they bring that up. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, for a, lo- a lot of times, I've heard like that. I've heard, I've I've seen. Um, not in person, but, um, like, uh, uh, professionals, um, uh, Andrew Sullivan, in fact, a journalist uh, writes the Atlantic. Um, I've heard him, uh, respond to a caller on C-SPAN, um, about, um, you know, he, someone can't call and was like, well, what, they're going to marry dogs next, right? About gay marriage. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, I, and he made, he was, he, he took a high road and was like, I, I find it offensive to, um, even entertain that to, question. to even equate love between two people is like is that yeah. um and I, I i agree with him yeah but uh i i just really feels like that you're playing with their stupid rules they invented like i i oh so when you tell me if i say everybody you know you should be allowed to be whatever gender you like you're the authority on what gender you are so let me know the like someone who says in response well what if i want to be in a ha- attack helicopter like mm-hmm. legally i'm fine with that Go ahead, be an attack helicopter. I don't care. Like, well, okay. Like, they're making this point. Like, well, what if I did this? As though that was going to r- destroy the world if some idiot, right. crazy person decided they wanted to tell everyone they were in a hack attack. Go ahead and do that. It's, right, that, right. That, that, I'm fine. I'd, if you could find the attack helicopter restroom at your right, local school, yeah. then no, totally. I mean, feel free. you'll look really cool. I'm sure all the girls will want to <laughs> date you, right? Like if you if you like, oh, make an uh, yeah, yeah. No, no one's. He's gonna, a really cute attack I mean, helicopter. And, and to that point, I mean, like I, I I know why you have to argue, like take the high road, right? You know, to, to when someone brings someone that especially about gay marriage like about marrying a dog or something which is usually what's brought up yeah um but i I shouldn't be on the news because my instinct if someone asked me that well, what about if i want to marry a dog i would have said please like well no marry a dog no bestiality is still illegal no make it you should make that but not if you should not if you're married fine make it so if you marry (laughs) your horse no a horse can't consent to a marriage and it's harmful to its animal cruelty I know you're fair. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. I'm not actually suggesting that I, I'm making, I mean, I, I feel like the intellectual argument against what if I wanted to marry dogs? Like, well, I mean, if you really want to, I mean, I guess if you can show him consenting, that's fine. No, because then you fall into the trap of, uh, well then they'll say like, Oh, so you condone, for example, uh, pedophilia because people are like, Oh, I'm really attracted to kids. And what if the uh, kid consents? Point. I hadn't thought of that. It's a right. Good point. It's, it's a, a living thing. That's, you have to draw a line yeah, of consent somewhere. But if somebody came up, like you see these things from time to time where these people are like, I'm attracted to my car and they bang the car's muffler. <laughs> It's a thing. It happens. They bang the tailpipe. Yeah. And it's like, that's one of those where I go like, that's one of those where I'm with you. I'm like, it's weird, but like, cause it's an inanimate <laughs> object. And so like, but you do you, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get all up in your grill for banging a flashlight. So mm. like bang your car's exhaust. Who cares? Yeah. Just don't burn yourself. 
Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that, that is one of those things where like, you know, to me, there's a very clear line with animals and with kids. Cause it comes down to consent and that you're harming a living thing. But outside of that, yeah, who cares? Mm. No, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. I'm with you on the core, but I just thought dogs were a bad example. Fair enough. No, for sure. Right. For sure, for sure. But otherwise I'm with you. Like if yeah. you want to say like, I'm attracted to cars or like, I feel like I'm going to attack helicopter. Well, I, still, I'm like, I still, you think, do you. I still think, <laughs> I still think it's the right way to respond with the dog thing. And here's why. Cause what's the, now what's the only thing you can say? So you say, if someone says, well, what if I want to marry a dog? You say, well, okay. What happens when you do? Like, and then they have to like describe how it's bad for animals and like, yeah, you said, or how you know, it's bad have, for society. You, well, you have to do, they have to do your argument. Your argument is the right one. Like, yeah. well, you, it's a living thing. That's a consent, consent thing. Right. They're going to, it's not about, they're going to start making this argument. Yeah, right. Yeah. And like, they're going to sound real smart. They're going right? to, they're going to realize, pre- yes. they're going to be real prepared to explain to me why someone marrying a dog is going to ruin their country. Gonna, yeah. It's going to yeah. sound real smart. So I really think that is just, just let them have it, man. Yeah. It's a, it's, uh, is that a straw man? Is that technically a straw man or what is that? Yes. Exactly? Or false equivalency? No, it's a straw man. I think it's false equivalency. It's not the quite the no, same. No, false as equivalency say two things are equivalent that aren't. Like Gay saying, for example, and do- like saying, dog. like saying, for example, uh, this is going to be a bit of foreshadowing that, you know, protesting a person at a, at a restaurant is the same as sending a bomb to someone else. That's a false equivalence. Hmm. No, no. What you're saying is a straw man. It's like you're making an argument. You're, you're claiming that an argument is being made that no one is making so that you right. can attack the easy fair argument. Enough, fair enough. Fair and enough. so they're saying like, oh, you're saying people should be allowed to marry anything. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what happens if you want to marry a dog? And it's like, no, 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 I didn't say people should be allowed to marry anything. I say humans should be allowed to marry any other human. Mm-hmm. That's a very specific argument, not this bullshit argument you just made about dogs. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, for sure. And the same thing with, with transgender. It's like, no, 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 I'm making a very clear argument that gender is an identity. Gender is a thing mm-hmm. in human biology and human psychology. And psychologists and doctors have all basically all agreed. The majority opinion is that it is something that is fluid and it does not always match biological sex. And by the way, genetic chromosomes don't always match biological genital manifestation of sex. Mm. So that's another thing that gets complicated with this Mm. because, you know, there are, um, you know, there are men that have two X chromosomes. There are women that have a Y chromosome. Those are are mutations that happen. I didn't realize that. There are some people that have two X and one Y chromosomes. Yeah. So there's a lot of chromosomal abnormalities Abnormalities. i hate saying abnormalities Um, but variations yeah yes and and i guess it's fair to say abnormality they're they're not common anomalies anomalies whatever anyway those things are common so like essentially what they're doing here and and, and so you asked about are they at least making an efficiency argument and like no in fact this is worse because as the rule goes on to, to to describe essentially what it would have to do is like if there was Let's say that there was a challenge to it. They're saying someone said like, hey, I'm a woman and they're a trans woman. They're saying like, hey, I'm a woman. Essentially, what this rule does is it gives the government the ability to go in, inspect their genitals Mm. and do DNA testing on them. Mm. That gets darkly dystopian very quickly. Oh, man. Right. Because the government would be ruling on it based on biological sex not what you say not what your psychology is which is what what most medical professionals agree Mm -hmm. is what gender is yeah i so it gets darkly dystopian and and very not efficient (laughs) i I feel i feel i always feel bad about this topic because i I, it's hard for me to say much on it 
in support. Yes. Yeah. Like, I mean, cause like, here's no, the thing, like for me, it's like, I, you, I hear someone says, you know, when I was, a, when I was really young, it seemed strange to me, but I grew up and like, right. and I understand it. And I take, someone tells me that they're different than me in a way that I don't understand. Right. Okay. I take your word for it. Yeah. I should, I don't think you should bother you about it. You're not right. bothering me. Right. So when, when there's a, a challenge to it like this, when someone says something like this, I, I don't, it's hard. And I was talking about this before on, other, on one of our other podcasts. I think we have forgotten how to have these conversations. I don't know what to say to a person who, who like has a problem with transgender people. What do you say to a person with a problem with transgender people? Well, I, I don't know how to respond other than to say that that's, that's, that's a mean thing to do. It's mean. Don't be mean. That's my only argument to that is you're being yeah. really mean to people who don't deserve it. So why? Yeah. Well, it, it, you know, in my argument when we talked about this in that podcast was that these argument that it's not that we've forgotten to how to have these discussions that nobody tried to have good faith discussions anymore on the conservative side. I feel like because, you know, and I've talked about this before, too. This is my second podcast, my second political podcast. I yeah. did another one a Bet year ago. Your best political podcast. It's the best, best one, so better than the last one. <laughs> you can still find it and listen to old episodes, and they're not great. Carry on. But, um, you know, the whole point of that podcast it was to be fair. And so we wanted to present both ideas, right? And so when the podcast originally started, there were two liberals, myself and someone else. Uh, and then there were uh, two conservatives, mm-hmm. right? And there was one conservative who was educated, but more on the libertarian side of it. And he was interested in making some arguments, but then he it quickly became apparent that like maybe he wasn't as conservative as he thought he was in some ways. So he fell off after just a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. And so it was just me and the other liberal and this other conservative who was very much like a MAGA guy. Mm-hmm. And, and part of what was frustrating about that and part of the reason I abandoned it was because he was never interested in making good faith, real arguments. Mm-hmm. He was only interested in like, like we would have a discussion about, for example, so you talk about efficiency, you know, there was a rule that was put in place in Florida last year about drug testing welfare recipients, right? Ooh, exciting. Yeah. And of course what they ended up doing, what, and it, it, we discussed it at the time that it was still being proposed and implemented. It's been going on now for a while. Mm-hmm. And what they found is that they're spending more money on drug tests than they are kicking people off. Yeah. Because it turns out like people on welfare actually don't waste a whole lot of money on drugs. Oh, yeah. Shocking. Oh, right? wow. Yeah. So, so the money that they're spending on drug tests and the amount of work that it's created for the government and, and like I said, expense for the government has far exceeded the amount of people they've caught doing drugs and, and kicked off welfare. Yeah. You I, see don't, what I'm saying? I don't find that surprising. Yeah. I don't either. But conservatives are convinced, always convinced that like 75% of people on welfare are just coked out all the time. <laughs> and it's like, no. Yeah. Like people don't have money to buy foods. Where do you think they're buying crack? You know, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's anyway, it's a whole big thing, but we had a discussion about it when the rules still, still being proposed. And, you know, we would talk about stuff like that and it would be like, or we would talk about healthcare and it'd be like, Hey, you know, there's just like, it's not people's fault when they get sick in certain ways. And like, you know, we should cover pre-existing conditions on stuff. And he would just always come back with like stupid stuff. Like what about like fat people? I'd be like, well, okay, what, what, what about, about fat people? What about them? He's like, oh, so, uh, you know, tax dollars should be paying for them because they eat too much food and they should, we should be paying for their chronic health conditions later in life. And I was like, I don't know, like 66% of the country is, is overweight now. So yeah. like, I guess, yeah. I, I, it, yeah. The, but he's, he's appealing to that in that, that, that. Yes. That primal. That, that, no, that personal responsibility. Yes. Ideology. But it, but it ideology. was, a, yes. And, and, and it's, so, I mean, on the topic of eating too much and getting large, like 
like or, or anything like that people not being able to like the the issue about it's I, I feel like that what he argument he just made is equivalent to the argument they make about um uh student loans right it's about like well that you know you can't get out of it because they you can't you can't get rid of a student loan because of bankruptcy right because yeah. but because uh, allegedly there you're going to get a better job because of it that's that's the root of why conservatives are arguing you shouldn't be able to get rid of it right um what both of those are are saying like well you made your bed you're staying in it right both those right both that you ate too much both that you you took yeah. up, you got the education right so now you have to pay for it look i don't know what anyone's is uh, what your impression has been of people but people including me for sure are really bad at making that those kinds of long-term decisions yeah and people smoke like i mean like it yeah. there people are really bad at it and yeah. all people are really bad at it uh, so yes we're just not designed to think 30, you know people have years different ahead. things no all one has different things yeah. yeah i mean the people who are planning for 30 40 years ahead are super boring yeah well and you know <laughs> we, we've had this discussion before because you smoke and i get any and i occasionally make comments to you no about i don't smoking. grandma no <laughs> <laughs> well okay i didn't no, know no, that no, was a secret no 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 i'm kidding go, go i'm joking it's i, I can cut it out if you want i love smoking i just know it's bad for me it's it sucks like, yeah okay like, People like make excuses for smoking. I smoke because I really like it, and yeah, I wish I didn't. And that's the thing, but you know, and I was talking, you know, I've talked about it before. It's like, well, okay, and I, I've said stuff, but it's like at the same time, it's like, okay, well, I'm really overweight. It's like we all have our things, man. <laughs> you know, so we all have different things that we go through, and this idea of just like, well, you know, I'm not gonna pay for this certain thing you know it's just it's a bad faith argument that's not actually getting to data mm -hmm. that was the thing that was frustrating about it and i feel like it's the same thing here there's no data that supports this they're not paying attention to data they're not listening to the american psychology association who says gender is is fluid and it's an identity that doesn't always match the sex they're not looking into the fact of these chromosomal you know anomalies because they don't care they mm -hmm. see something different and they don't like it mm-hmm so they're attacking it and that's what they're doing. Mm. And the thing that's frustrating about this is like, you know, you remember Trump, <laughs> what's so frustrating is, is also the way Trump uses it to demagogue mm -hmm. because you remember him saying like, oh, he was going to be the most LGBTQ friendly. He specifically said that he would protect our LGBTQ citizens. I'm sure he said something very close to nobody, blah, 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 the LGBTQ community than me. Oh yeah, I'm sure he did. Sure. But, but in his RNC speech, he said, you know, I'm going to protect the LGBTQ community. And the thing was, he didn't actually care about them. He was using it as a way to, it's, it's the same way they use veterans, right? He was using it as a way to demagogue against Muslims because ISIS, you know, right. was executing homosexuals, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so him saying like, oh, Democrats don't want to protect the LGBTQ, the LGBTQ community mm, I think because I no, this was literally the argument he was making. Mm -hmm. He was saying, Democrats want to take in more Syrian refugees which put LGBTQ communities at risk, right? Mm -hmm. Because this was not long after the Orlando mm -hmm. shooting, the Pulse nightclub shooting. Mm -hmm. You remember that? Yes. Yeah. So this was not long after that. So he was using the LGBTQ community saying, I'm going to protect them against those Muslims. That's what he was trying to say. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, he didn't actually, he doesn't actually care. He's just using them as a football. And it's the same way they use veterans as football. And then they turn around and they want to cut VA funding. They don't want to do anything about the opioid epidemic, about veterans homelessness. But anytime you kneel, at, you know, during a, 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 you know, the national anthem, 
oh my god you're disrespecting the veterans how dare you disrespect the veterans i'm mm. like motherfucker you just cut the va funding <laughs> <laughs> like how dare you disrespect the veterans how right. dare you send them to iraq right. for war uh, over lies i just had an errant thought fuck you oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, okay what is your idea about that? i have an idea to protest this that no one will ever do are you ready for it I'm not sure. I'm never ready yeah, or whatever you you're going to say. No. So, uh, so they could potentially have to check your genitals to verify what you claim. Right. Yeah. Right. So like, what if like a whole, like a, I don't know, like a, like some company with like a hundred people and like, they go, you know what? We'll just put like, they'll all just do the wrong one. Like the opposite of what's true and just make them just test like a thousand people's genitals. <laughs> right just just look at it, all of our fucking nuts like, yeah just like that would i i i, well, I would sign up I, well yeah. yeah you know people have talked about that before like uh they were trying to pass all those laws uh the bathroom bills to ban mm -hmm. you know oh you have to go to the restroom that matches your your biological sex or your genitals or whatever mm -hmm. i'm like you're gonna station a cop outside of every single bathroom in your county in yeah. your state yeah and and check my junk mm -hmm. every time i go to the restroom mm -hmm. i dare you mm. Try, try to do that. Station a cop. All these people that support this. Okay. Just know that part of the law is we station a cop outside of every public restroom in the state. Mm. And every time you go into the restroom, you got to show your genitals to the cop. The that law will go nowhere. You mean the people who are making this argument are the same people that are making the argument that you can't police, like that you can't uh, restrict guns? Uh, I know, right? What? Weird. What? Weird. They want to implement, they want to make laws that are hard to implement? strange hashtag consistency yeah well we all know laws don't work so yeah laws don't work no. so why pass them except for bathrooms those mm, are those, totally those enforceable ones, those laws you those enforce. are enforceable right and you know and it was so ridiculous you well, could we, tell well, to be fair to be fair we know where every genital in the country is it's attached to every person <laughs> we don't necessarily know where all the guns are <laughs> not necessarily not everyone has genitals well, unfortunately uh, so so in other words if we really follow this yeah. to its every general is attached to a person but not every person has a general if yes. we if we uh if we follow this to its conclusion right like yeah. and so the people who are saying that people who are very loudly scared of a gun registry yeah they're waiting until there's general they're registry. a general they're, they're, they're very pro a genital registry yeah they want yeah. to know everybody's general yeah. I, gotta be honest with you i don't want like people to be able to like verify my my penis size yeah on dating apps yes <laughs> well if you refer to my well, government id well, card yeah, it notifies what, that right, it's 5.2 uh, inches like you talk to a girl right you meet a girl and they're like they ask for your your, your driver's license number yeah. <laughs> I would look you up in the registry and not, you know it's got it's got your height your weight your eye color and then your penis size yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, no. and like, and they, they dystopian turn, world we're they, seeing they turn you down they go well your length is great but the girth <laughs> the girth, uh, girth is black not there it is it's not, not there like... i don't think we're compatible no no <laughs> i have a shallow but wide vagina mm -hmm. and it's just it's just not gonna work you gotta find someone else mm -hmm. yeah those are that's the world that republicans want <laughs> yeah now that, I, now that we say it though i'm imagining well geez look up think about how useful it would be to find out uh a gun registry for dating right they find out Oh, does he have like a bunch of guns? Let me, I'd want to know that before. I oh, the gun it. registry. Yeah, for yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It would be interesting if you could look up a public record of, yeah. hey, I'm going to, before I swipe right on this guy on Tinder, let me go check this registry. <laughs> oh, it turns out he owns 42 AR-15s. <laughs> I'm going to swipe left. Never mind. <laughs> all right. All right. So, so where were we? Okay. So next story. And then uh, the, Jamal, I think his name is pronounced Hashogi. So he was the, uh, he's a journalist, essentially. He was a U.S. Um, resident, 
So, you know, he wasn't a citizen yet, but he was a legal U.S. resident and he was a journalist for the Washington Post. And he was a known uh, critic of the new crown prince of Saudi Arabia, Mohammed bin Salman. Mm -hmm. Okay. And essentially he's getting ready to get married. So he was in Turkey and he needed to go. He's still a Saudi Arabian citizen. You know, that's where he was from originally. So he needed to go to the Saudi Arabian um, consulate in Istanbul to get some paperwork so that he could get married. Okay, yeah. I think he was marrying a Turkish citizen. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Anyway, well, it, it does matter, but not for this story. So anyway, so he, he goes into, I think, I can't remember what day this happened. Uh, it was earlier this week or it was last week. Sorry. So he goes into the Saudi Arabian um, consulate in, in Istanbul and never comes out. Yeah. <laughs> and so Turkey came out and said, like, hey, he's dead. And uh, we have evidence that he's dead. <laughs> and they executed him. Yeah. And, you know, like, this is the thing that happened. And originally Saudi Arabia came back to like, no, no, he's totally fine. He, he left. I don't know what anybody's talking about. And then eventually it started coming out like, no, like nobody knows where he is. So it was like, and there was a lot of evidence that he, in fact, never came out of that embassy. Right. And so then they came out and said, oh, okay, well, so he died, mm-hmm. but, you know, it was like some rogue people that just part of the, they, they go, just, they just it. got into the so embassy yeah, he, and killed him. He got into a fist fight. He's dead. Uh, now, listen, just before you make conclusions. I was minding my own business. <laughs> and 15 people associated with the government just wandered into the embassy and got in a fist fight with him and he died. And, he, you know, I don't know what happened to his body. Yeah. I just, but that's just what happened. And we're going to look into this. Mm. And, you know, eventually it came out like basically Turkey is saying, so uh, President uh, Erdogan of Turkey came out and was like, hey, we have some surveillance. We have audio. Mm. That you know he was Whilst being interrogated. You were minding your own business. He, he would, that we believe he was being interrogated and was beaten, and was eventually beaten to death. And that he never got that marriage license. Never got the marriage license. But he was beaten to death and dismembered and cut up and sent out of the embassy and disposed of. Mm. And that appears to be what has happened. So Saudi Arabia came out and said they they basically apparently secretly what they were saying was. We were interrogating him, and the interrogation went too far, and he died accidentally. Mm. Publicly, what they were saying was, "Oh, we're not sure. We we don't. We think he's fine. He, you know, he left the embassy." Then they came out when they couldn't get that anymore. When they couldn't make that muster anymore, they came out, and that's when they said the whole thing about, "Well, it was rogue government people. It was just these people that rogue within the government didn't have any connection to any higher level. It was just just these random people. We don't know why they did it. It was their Ivanka, and and, and they they met him in there, and they were arguing with him, and they got in a fight with him." And they got in a fist fight and he died accidentally during the fist fight. And we don't know what happened to the body. Mm-hmm. Right. That's to my knowledge, that's still their official response, but that's obviously not holding a lot of water anymore. It's pretty much well known now that, you know, they, they, they executed him no. for yeah. being a political dissident and dispose of his body. And the thing is, I, I, Trump came down on it real firm against against Saudi Arabia. 
No. No. Oh, that's no, what a surprise. That's weird. That's not what he did. You mean a weird, like a, a an autocratic government, like yeah. did a bad thing, and he was he was down with it. Yeah. Like that's kind of what he said. You mean he didn't? So he didn't. Like, he didn't complain about killing of of uh, of liberal journalists. No. That no. seems strange. No. Uh, in fact, that's someone like him. In fact, when he was asked about it, uh, you know what he said? He said, "Well, we're looking into it, but you know, we have a one hundred and ten billion dollar arms deal with Saudi Arabia, so yeah." yeah. I mean, mm. what can we really do? We got guns to sell, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have bombs to sell. Yeah. You know, should I really be worried about this journalist being executed by an autocratic government? Yeah, man. I mean, when like, there are kids in Yemen that can be bombed. Right. You got to keep in mind that when you're rich, they let you do it. Oh, they let you do it. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like that's what MBS <laughs> felt like, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. So, Yeah. It. This is a big clusterfuck, and and I don't know what's going to happen with this. And the thing is, I don't really know what should happen or what could happen. I think that's the most frustrating thing about this because this isn't something I think that it's a slam dunk to just, uh, you know, bash Trump for. Because to be honest, the U.S. government has always been real weird with Saudi Arabian they government. Sure, they have. They have. I mean, whether, you know, Obama... Hey, real quick, how do the Saudis feel about Israel? Not good. That's strange, because we're like... I mean, honestly, it just seems strange, because we're in, like, we like both. So, so generally speaking, not good. But they're not outwardly hostile. Mm. That's the thing. So, technically, they're allies mm. with the U.S., and that's why we maintain it. Because... Uh, so, the bigger thing is Iran, mm-hmm. right? Iran, super hostile towards Israel. Mm-hmm. Iran also pretty hostile to the United States. Uh, kind of deserved, if you know the history between the Iran and the U.S. Mm. Uh, and our history of overthrowing duly elected leaders and things like that. Uh, but nonetheless, um, so you know, Saudi Arabia and Iran are not friendly. So that's why we're allies with Saudi Arabia, is because we see Iran as being our primary... So hold on. What, what you say arms... I'm sorry. I just want to be clear. You said it's an, like we have a big arm... He said we have a big arms deal, right? So yes. why do we need Saudi arms? Or they're paying... We're, oh, we're selling ours to them. Oh. Yeah. Okay. $110 billion worth that are now going to bomb people in Yemen. Yeah. Creating the worst economic famine crisis in the history. Why do we bother? <laughs> Defense contractors got to make money. I guess. That's literally the best argument that they have. In fact, it's an argument that even... Why don't we just, like, give... Why don't we just give... Like, do... Try to make deals with, like, the the puppet states we tried to set up in, in, in other countries from the, from the two wars we waged. I mean, we're we're selling guns to everybody. We're selling weapons to everybody. Oh, but Saudi Arabia is one of the biggest ones because right now Saudi Arabia is waging a proxy war in Yemen. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And and technically, we're helping with that. Mm. We're providing intelligence. We're not on the ground, but we're obviously providing munitions. We're pro- providing arms sales, and we're also providing intelligence mm. and coordinating on targets uh, because they're fighting the Houthi rebels, and the Houthi rebels are backed by Iran. And again, Iran is who we consider the primary threat because they Ugh. really hate Israel. And we have that whole big history of they tried to nationalize their oil and then BP got real mad because mm-hmm. BP owned the oil wells there. And so we went in and overthrew their leader. And then out of that, you got the, you know, the, the revolution. 
mm-hmm. which then you know installed the Ayatollah, and things have been no bueno ever since then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then there was the hostages and all that stuff. So we really hate Iran, mm-hmm. even though you know what, what was it? Seventeen out of the nineteen nine eleven hijackers were from Saudi Arabia. Uh, you know, but besides that. <laughs> Uh, you know, there's evidence that Saudi Arabia has been linked to multiple terror attacks in the United States. Uh, but we kind of let them get away with it because we sell them weapons. Oh, yeah, they oppose that. Iran. I remember that now. There was one big attack. That they and were, also oil, by the way. There was one big a- terrorist attack that they were involved in. I can't remember. What... 9-11. <laughs> oh, right. 9-11. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kind of a big uh, one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's weird we overlook that, though. So th- this is, that's what I say, right? It's a thing where it's like... It's hard to blame Trump specifically because, man, we've just first ever we've had weird relationship with the Saudis because of oil and because of being opposed to Iran and all that stuff and because of the Israel thing, even though, you know, and that's another thing that's so frustrating is you see Trump demagoguing against like, like we mentioned earlier, oh, I'm going to protect the LGBTQ community from these radical Muslims or whatever. And it's like. You know what they do to gay people in Saudi Arabia? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what they do to women in Saudi Arabia? You know what they do to journalists yeah. in Saudi Arabia? Right, right. They execute them in embassies in another country and cut their bodies into pieces. Mm-hmm. Right? So like spare Contact- me your spare me your bullshit here. You're just using it as a political football. It's so frustrating. Call your uh, travel agent to talk about your dream Saudi Arabia vacation. <laughs> well, and so that actually does get to the really interesting thing because Mohammed bin Salman, he has really tried to portray himself as this um, reformer. Okay. So he has gone in and he has basically, you know, he's, he's done a lot of stuff culturally. So he's brought wrestling in there. He opened the first theater in Saudi Arabia, movie theater. Mm. You know what the first movie they showed? What? Star Wars. The emoji movie. Oh, I heard that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Poor Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I think it was John Oliver did that bit about it. It was like they're the he was like, it was really the perfect movie because if there was ever an audience that was gonna like the emoji movie, it was an entire country of people who had never seen a movie theater before. <laughs> that was your perfect audience. And it had weird stuff about faces. Yeah. Um obviously he's lifted the ban on women driving, mm. things like that. So he started hosting a lot of economic forums and everything. So he's really tried to push himself as a reformer. He, but at the end of the day, he's an autocrat and he has done some really shady shit. So when he lifted the ban on women driving, mm. that was preceded directly by him taking a bunch of female activists, women activists in Saudi Arabia and putting them in prison without a trial just for protesting the government. Jesus. Uh, when he says he's cracking down on corruption, he took the Ritz Carlton and made it a giant prison. He locked like a whole bunch of members of his family into a hotel and just locked it down as a prison Mm. and just charged them all with corruption because he's trying to consolidate power himself. Mm. So like he, he was not technically the next in line, but he's basically just going through and shoving aside everyone else in the family so that he can take control himself. And his dad is still alive. Yeah. They're still a king. He's still just a prince, but he is controlling the war in Yemen. He has taken, and it's this dual edged thing where people are giving him credit, like, "Oh, he's doing all this reform stuff," and it's like, "Yeah, but he's also executing journalists, jailing protesters, and like, he's not a good guy. Yeah. He's not a progressive. He's an autocrat." But we don't really know. I mean, what if his family's just the worst? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're 
probably, you know, here's the thing. It's funny. It's funny to say this because it's like they're running a horribly oppressive regime, mm-hmm. right? And so you wouldn't be like, yeah, they are the worst. But then like you always hear the stories of like the princes that come here and they're always partying, you know, like doing drugs, drinking, you know, drinking lots of alcohol, mm-hmm. driving cars, partying with a bunch of women and, mm-hmm. and strippers and prostitutes, stuff like that. And you're like, which is always, guys, this guy seems like they know how to party. <laughs> yeah. And it's really strange that like they would even, they would do drugs because like they're not on welfare. So why would they bother? Oh. <laughs> well, but I mean, you know, obviously the, the thing that we see get from that is like rampant hypocrisy. Like you won't even let women show their faces and drive and you're over here, you know, in Vegas hanging out with prostitutes and, and doing blow. Right just horribly hypocritical because you don't actually care. You're just autocrats. But he's taking it to that logical conclusion. We need to look up something. And this is in completely good faith. Like, but like legit, I am just became curious when we talked about, um, we mentioned, we mentioned Burka's kind of like, I wonder what are the, what's the, uh, what do you think the makeup industry is like in countries where like women are forced to wear those? Oh man. I don't know. I don't think women are always forced to wear a veil in mm. Saudi Arabia. I think they can show the face. I think they have to cover hair. There are some places, though. I mean, not Saudi Arabia, but in general, like countries that like force it. Like, yeah, hmm. probably not booming. Probably booming. What, what, what if we found out it was like giant? It was massive. The massive oh, cosmetics industry. Uh, it seems like a thing that could be. Anyway, go. Sorry, carry on. Uh, so anyway, uh, but the interesting thing is, so just to I, I want to show this video just to show you the depths to which this weird relationship with Saudi Arabia goes from. You know good old Pat Robertson. Yeah, I know him. Yeah. He scared the shit out of me when I was a little boy. He scares the shit out of lots of people. Yeah, because he's always going... He, he used, I don't know if he's still bad about it, but he used to be on late at night, and he would go on about how the world is going to end any minute. And if you're a kid yep. and you're a Christian, that it was scary. Yeah. Well, any minute. One of these days, he'll be right. Yeah. Or he'll die. One or the other. I mean, he'll die first because he's getting old, not like somebody. Mm. Don't take that the wrong way. I'm not inciting violence no, on Pat no, Robertson. No, no, no. I'm just saying he's getting into accelerated years. Yes. So his opportunities to be right about the world ending are limited. He's, 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 he's running out of runway. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, but Pat Robertson, right? He, he runs a Christian television show. Propaganda show. It, it, well, that's the thing. It has become a right-wing Republican propaganda show, but ostensibly it's supposed to be a christian television show right and even he you know came out and you know so you're asking like oh what's the argument against this his argument is basically no, no, hey, no, 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 no. Is, am i gonna hear it yeah you're gonna oh hear please it. please just let me let me oh don't spoil it I, I can sense this is going to be great okay so here it is oh whoops hold on i have to unmute it my bad. The Saudi journalist, what happened to him? But what I'm saying, I'll say it now and I'll say it over and over again, we've got to cool the rhetoric. And what the president is trying to do is to give the Saudis an out and calls for sanctions and calls for punitive action against the Saudis is, not, is ill-advised. Why? Because our main enemy in the Middle East is Iran. They are the fomenters of terrorism, up, um, and they're killing a lot of people. And then we've got Assad in Syria, who's killing many, many, many thousands of people and causing millions of refugees. 
you've got one journalist who, who knows, was it interrogation? Was he assassinated? Were there rogue elements? Who did it? Well, the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, is in Saudi Arabia today seeking answers from the Saudi royal family over that missing journalist, and allegedly uh, who was killed by, they think, Saudi operatives, but they don't know for sure. And Wendy, I just don't think you've got $100 billion worth of arms sales, which is, you know, that's one of those things. But more than that, we've got to have some Arab allies. We have to have it. We cannot alienate our biggest player in the Middle East who's a bulwark against Iran. But can we have somebody that's killing journalists that are U.S. residents is the well, question. You know. you know, we've had so many people killed. I mean, we had CIA people killed in Lebanon. The people have been taken hostage over the years. I know it's bad, but I mean, we've had all kinds of stuff, but you don't blow up an international alliance over one person. I mean, I'm sorry. So I have something to say about that. Yeah. And I was wanting to talk about, I wanted to get into this a little bit later in a little more detail, but I think it's pertinent. Okay. Um, that is, it's not just, I understand that, I suspect that you're, you feel that's really uh, hypocritical. Uh, uh, I find that it's an odd take for a religious person. I, I, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't really understand why a religious leader is commenting about foreign policy anyway. I don't understand how that falls into his realm of expertise. Mm -hmm. But anyway, go ahead. Right. So he's talking about like um, our biggest enemy, Iran. And like, I, I think they kind of, they scare, they scare me. Right. Iran? Sure. I mean, like them getting nuclear weapons, like the Ayatollah, the supreme leader of Iran getting nukes. It, it bothers they, 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 It does. Why wouldn't that bother you? Uh, well, I mean, anybody having nukes bothers me. I don't actually find Iran to be that big of a threat. And, and if you know about the inner political workings and particularly of the inner cultural workings of Iran... Like there are countries that ha have nukes that worry me more. Right. No. Uh, any. I, I. I say. I just say that they scare me because uh, the idea of a of a non democratic uh, government like having like with like that isn't reinforced like with that doesn't have real elections right and even at the elections then they're they're subject to a supreme leader. Right? I mean, like like Pakistan. Yes, quite just like Pakistan. It's they scary. have nukes. It scares me in precisely the same way. That's yeah. that's my point. No, I'm not advocating for Iran to have nukes, but I mean like. That's why we had the nu the Iran nuclear deal, which he just ripped up. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. But you know, I I don't actually see Iran being uh, Iran would be a threat if we went to war with them. But I most Iranians, no, I don't even know I'm most, sorry, but a sorry. good percentage of Iranians on the ground don't hate the United States. Oh, I know that to be true. For, I know that to be true. Yeah, I know. I know. I you know, know quite a few Iranians. It, it, it's and a that, manufactured hate. I don't think no, that. We would actually be at war with them. I don't oh. think there's a lot of reason to fear Iran. No, and I, I don't. Other what, than what we create. Well, no, I don't fear the. I, I wouldn't suggest that I think anything's wrong with the Iranian people. I, I, I'm, I'm, I strictly worried about like someone called the anyone called the supreme leader having access to new, that. But, that's, but even, that's all it is. Even the government again that shows the 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 internal political structure of the Iranian government is is 
is not that simplified. Okay. There is I, I there that. is the religious component of it, and there is the Ayatollah, but there's also a democratically elected component to the government. Mm. Now, the Ayatollah has veto power, but there is a president that is elected mm. in Iran. And the last few have been fairly moderate, and that's the whole reason we got the Iran deal, right, right. the nuclear deal. So the point I would... So it's not, it's not like the Ayatollah is just sitting there... Like the King Saud of Saudi Arabia, <laughs> yeah, yeah. who's literally just running, or Mohammed bin Salman, who's literally just running the country single-handedly. There is a functional government there that has this troublesome political component on it. I'm okay. not disagreeing no, with okay, that. No, fair enough. I, but I, it, it's not that one-dimensional. It's not as one-dimensional as a lot of our allies are. Yeah, I don't have that deep understanding of Iranian politics, to be fair. I, I, yeah, that, that's, yeah, sure. Uh, but the, but when it, well, what he said, the, the, the thing that, that caught me, was his claim, you know, we need ally, we need Arab allies, right? Which is, yeah. Um, I'm, and then he talks about our enemy, Iran, and that strikes me as like, just incredibly disingenuous. So just first off, we're selling Saudi Arabia the guns they use for war. They're our ally. We're arming them. Yeah. Right. If we wanted to take out an enemy, we don't need Saudi Arabia. So when he says, like, I'm not saying like we maybe we need Arab allies for politics, sure, but like need them? Like, I, I don't, do we need we need Saudi Arabia? Well, yeah, because that's my argument is that yeah, of course it, we should have as many allies as we can. I would prefer for everybody to be yeah, our ally. Sure. That would be the utopia. Sure, but we don't have to make a, a, a lesser evil argument here. Like we can, I mean, if we if we wanted to be douchebags, we want we had an enemy, right? We we, yeah. we can handle it. Right, yeah. we can handle Iran if we need. We don't need Saudi Arabia for Iran. I mean, do you remember the Iraq War? Do you remember Afghanistan? It feels like we don't do a very good job of handling it anymore. Well, that's that's exactly what I'm 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 headed towards. Like we, these there are good. So when he talks about you know CIA agents being killed in Lebanon and, and yeah, like, he did a real good job of bringing Benghazi up. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, it doesn't uh, have to be, or it doesn't have to be Saudi Arabia. Well, it's not just that it doesn't have to be Saudi Arabia. It's it's this. I mean, it does. I don't know the politics we want to ha- like to 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 have alliances with, right? What we what we hope, right? Uh, for for our relationship with the Middle East, right? It's not it's not um, conquest, right? It's not. We don't want to conquer the Middle East, right? So when he talks about, when he lists all these things. I don't know about that. (laughs) It isn't because we. That was kind of the neocon strategy, but. But it it wasn't implemented as though it were the strategy. That's my point, right? Well, because they lie about it. Just like they lie about a lot of stuff. Right. But if so, so we'll, we'll get into this later. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Anyway. I, what I found interesting about it was just that. Just the way that he's like, he does that whole thing of like, well, you know, he does the Trump thing, Mm -hmm. which is like, you know, she's asked like, hey, do we really want an ally that murders journalists? Mm -hmm. Right. And he's like, well, lots of people do bad things. It's literally what Trump did when he was asked about Putin. And they were like, well, Putin executes journalists and distance stuff like that. And he was like, oh, like, we're so good. And what it is, is it's again, it's a bad faith argument because it's they're bringing up a, a whataboutism not to actually solve the problem 
mm. of violence against journalists or violence against dissidents or autocratic regimes mm. just to deflect from their own corruption. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's what stood out to me with Pat Robertson. When she's asked him, hey, he's executing journalists. Instead of being like, yeah, we should take a stand against executing journalists everywhere, whether Saudi Arabia or whatever. He's like, well, bad stuff happens everywhere. So let's just continue being funding this awful famine in Yemen. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just such a basis lack of morality. Yeah. I, for a religious person. Oh, no, no. That, that's, that's, that's for sure. I mean, I would, be, I would honestly find him more respectable if he were saying, if he, were, he wanted to get rid of them because they were Muslims and he's Christian. I mean, I, I would believe him. There would at least be some religious yeah, components. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. you believe a crazy thing. So, right. Okay, when, yeah, the stuff sure. he's talking about is just standard I mean, Republican talking points. Yeah, I mean, that, I can argue. It's like, why is this on a religious show? This feels like you're just at a Republican strategy convention. Right. I can, <laughs> you know? I can offer like pro-con stuff like politically. I, I don't know how to argue against divine revelation. So if that's what you want to tell me is why you want to do right. something right. bad. Okay. Right. But, <laughs> but I mean, that just goes to prove that he's... His religiousness is nonsense, and he's just a propagandist for for the Republican Party now. Mm. So anyway, all right. Well, after an hour and a half, that wraps up the news. Okay, that was the first half of episode three of Don't Call Me Political. The show ended up being about three hours long, so we decided to split it in half. If you want to catch the second half of it, you can get it in your podcast feed. It should be up at around the same time. Or, as always, you can go to the YouTube page youtube.com don't call me political and you can get the show in its entirety all in one video in the second half of the video we'll be talking about our big topics of the week which include the migrant caravan and the terrorism events of this week including the bombs sent to democratic officials and the shooting at the uh, pittsburgh synagogue and the shooting of two african-americans in louisville kentucky